Welcome to our worship from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne Labar. Our thanks today go to Jacina Van Setten and Rosemary Milton Thompson for our readings, and to the choristers of St Martin in the Fields for our hymns. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel in silence and remember God's presence with us now. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. 
we have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus you are Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the Almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Our psalm is Psalm 98. O sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvellous things. With his own right hand and with his holy arm hath he gotten himself the victory. The Lord declared his salvation. His righteousness hath he openly showed in the sight of the heathen. He hath remembered his mercy and truth towards the house of Israel, and all the ends of the world have seen the salvation of our God. Show yourselves joyful unto the Lord, all ye lands. Sing, rejoice, and give thanks. Praise the Lord upon the harp. Sing to the harp with a psalm of thanksgiving, with trumpets also and shawms. O show yourselves joyful before the Lord, the King. Let the sea make a noise, and all that therein is, the round world and they that dwell therein. Let the floods clap their hands, and let the hills be joyful together before the Lord, for he is come to judge the earth. With righteousness shall he judge the world, and the peoples with equity. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers, who had come with Peter, were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptising these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited him to stay for several days. We say the Magnificat together. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, for he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. 
and his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm, he hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed for ever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. A reading from John, chapter 15, verses 9 to 17. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. This I command you, to love one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We say the Nunc Dimittis together. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And we say the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come, to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the Queen, and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. Endue thy ministers with righteousness, and make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people, and bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us, but only thou, O God. O God, make clean our hearts within us, and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord, from whom all good things do come, grant to us thy humble servants, that by thy holy inspiration we may think those things that be good, and by thy merciful guiding may perform the same, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Saviour. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Abide in my love, says Jesus to his disciples on the night before he dies. Last week we heard the passage just before this in the Gospel of John, when Jesus used the image of himself as the vine and us as branches grafted into it, with God's life flowing through the whole. Now he goes on to talk about what that life lived close to God is like. It's a life, he says, that is marked most of all by love. We don't just abide in God, we abide in love, because love is God's deepest nature. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, he says, abide in my love. That little word abide is a powerful one. It means to stay put, to stick with, to remain. An abode is an old-fashioned word for a home, a place we live, not just visit. We may have abiding memories of things, memories which endure. And there may, of course, be things we can't abide, things we recoil from. Jesus doesn't just tell his followers to love here. He tells them to abide in love, to stick with it, to keep loving, until love is second nature, a basic attitude. It's one thing to do something kind now and then, when we happen to feel like it, or when we think someone might be watching. It's quite another to keep on seeking the best for someone when it's inconvenient or costly, day after day, week after week, year after year. We'll only usually do that for people who are very special to us, 
our loved ones, as we call them. And that's what Jesus calls his disciples and us in this passage. The translation we heard said, I have called you friends, but loved ones is really more accurate. Friend can mean anything from a casual acquaintance to a bosom buddy, but to call someone a loved one implies that our lives are bound together, that we couldn't forget each other even if we tried. I would walk 500 miles, sang the proclaimers. Well, who would you walk 500 miles for? Who would you let your life be turned upside down for? Who would you not be able to sleep for worrying about? Who would make your own heart swell with pride because of something they'd achieved? Those are the people who are our loved ones. The people we breathe more easily when we know they're okay. And in this gospel passage, that's what Jesus calls us, his loved ones. The ones he'd do anything for, even lay down his life. The ones he can't forget or walk away from. He sticks with us remains with us, lets his life be bound up with ours. Our sorrows are his sorrows, our joys are his joys. And as we abide in his love, letting it sink in, learning to trust it, we should start to find that our own lives and attitudes come to be shaped by love too, so that we naturally want to share it with others. What does that look like in practice? Well, perhaps our first reading can give us an illustration. It's the tail end of a much longer story from the earliest days of the Christian church. Jesus' first followers were Jewish, of course, like Jesus, but they'd begun to embrace his message that the kingdom of God was open on equal terms to everyone, Jew or Gentile, rich or poor, saint or sinner, male or female. On the day of Pentecost, Filled with the Holy Spirit, his followers had spilled out onto the streets of Jerusalem, speaking of Jesus in languages they didn't know, but which the crowd from every corner of the world found they could understand. God was at home, abiding, everywhere, with every person, whatever their culture or native language. But it was one thing to preach that, and another thing to live it. Inclusivity is easy until we have to include someone who presses all the wrong buttons for us, who feels just that bit too different, alien, other. The beginning of Acts chapter 10 tells the story of St Peter praying on the rooftop of a house in Joppa where he's staying. As he prays, he has a vision of something like a sheet, lowered from heaven, filled with all sorts of animals his faith forbade him to eat pigs, shellfish and the rest, things that felt viscerally yucky to him because he'd been schooled to call them unclean. And yet there they all were, squirming away on this sheet. And then Peter heard a voice from heaven, the voice of God, saying, Kill and eat these things, Peter. But I can't, says Peter. Why not, says God, because you've told us not to. Hmm, says God, but this is me speaking to you and telling you different. While Peter's trying to get his head around that, some messengers arrive, sent by Cornelius, a Roman centurion, a Gentile, a member of the occupying army. 
He'd heard about Jesus and the message he preached, and he wanted Peter to come and tell him more. But Peter knew what that would mean. If you went to visit someone, they'd be sure to offer you something to eat. Hospitality was a sacred duty. But the equivalent duty of the guest was to accept what you were given. And almost certainly it wouldn't be kosher, in keeping with those Jewish food laws he'd been brought up with. It might be one of those things that he'd had in that, seen in that vision of the sheet full of unclean animals. Even to go into this Gentile house would have made him unclean in many people's eyes. So what should he do? It was hard, disturbing. But Peter went anyway, into another culture, another world. He chose to abide in love, to stick with his conviction that God's call was for all people, rather than recoil and run away from it to trust that God had this situation in his hands, that he knew what he was doing and that somehow it would be okay. And so Peter discovered that Cornelius and all those Gentiles he'd been so wary of were also God's loved ones, just like him. God was already in residence, abiding with them through his Holy Spirit, so Peter could abide with them too. Diversity and the challenges it brings are often in the news these days. However inclusive we like to think we are, all of us can discover that we have unconscious biases, deep-rooted, unthinking prejudices about people based on a whole host of things that are just part of who they are. Race, gender, sexuality, disability, age, social class. Inclusivity is fine in theory, But then we come up against that one issue, that one person, which triggers something deep in us that makes us want to avoid them. But when that feeling sweeps over us, God calls us to abide in love, to stay where we are, to breathe in and out, to look, listen and wait. Because if we do, we will discover that the God who's present everywhere is present in those people too who seem so strange to us. And maybe they'll be equally surprised and delighted to find the same about us. That's an especially important message for the beginning of Christian Aid Week, when we're reminded that we are all one family, whether we know it or not, whether it feels comfortable or not. Jesus calls us to abide in love, to stick with it and make it a habit so that little by little strangers, however strange they might seem, become loved ones, and we come to recognise that they are part of the one vine, sharing with us in the life and goodness of God. Amen. Let us pray. Faithful God, we give you thanks for your abiding love, which nothing can destroy. Give us grace to abide in that love, to know it in our hearts and show it in our lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Faithful God, we give you thanks for our loved ones, praying especially for those from whom we are separated by this pandemic or for other reasons. Help us to know that we are held together in your love and that all are loved ones to you. We pray too for those who feel lonely or unseen by others, those who suffer discrimination or exclusion. 
Open our eyes to see everyone around us, to know that each one is your child, made in your image and precious. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Faithful God, we pray for those who have been elected to various positions in the UK this week, that you'll give them wisdom to exercise their power for the good of all. Help us to find ways of reaching across the divides of political opinion so that we can listen to one another. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Faithful God, we pray this week for the work of Christian aid and especially in this year for its work in helping people cope with the effects of climate change. We pray for those who are affected by extreme weather events, by droughts, floods and hurricanes. Show us all what we must do to combat this and give us the strength to act on our knowledge. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Faithful God, we pray for all who are sick in body, mind or spirit and those who care for them. We continue to pray for the people of India and Brazil and other nations who are struggling to provide health care. We pray for an equitable distribution of vaccine and medical supplies, that you would remind us that we are one family. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Faithful God, we entrust into your keeping all who have died, that they might rest in peace and rise in glory abiding in your love eternally. We pray that you would bring comfort to those who mourn. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. The peace of God that passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen.